Here we are. Back at it again. Morningwood Radio. Hunter McIntyre, a.k.a. Jay. And your co-host, Bobby Ray-Bans. How's it going, Hunter? Dude, I'm kind of embarrassed. I didn't show up with a good name today because I was so preoccupied trying to get all this audio together. I finally got a desktop. So right now we are on the Mini Mac Turbo Turbo 10,000. You know how it is. Apple comes mm-hmm. up with something new every five days and you have to update it. And otherwise you're falling behind technology. If you so, don't need that software update, you're, you might as well be just horse and buggy in it. It's kind of criminal. I do like how in Europe they basically, in Europe they set it up so that they are banning all of the new electronic cable developments. Okay. Like, I don't know if you noticed, but I have like a, what looks like, you see that like pile of cords behind me? Mm-hmm. So I literally, everywhere we go, because we're so invested in media now, I have the cord that hooks up to the back of like a computer and something. I have the cord that hooks up to, from like whatever lightning port to the computer, then just USB to the, to the phone. You got a lot um, of cords going everywhere. I think what you need, you need to invest in, 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 in an extension. So you got one USB port and then you got like a bring out of like four different ports. You could plug that into. Dude, I fucking have yeah. one. Yeah. I hate this thing because oh, no. you know what? Here's what happens. Do you see this right here? It's only yeah. got one lightning port. So oh, there, you need to have like six all to the light- phone. I got yeah, you. everything. I don't know. Technology. I don't even understand. Like I could imagine there's something that I don't fully um, you know, comprehend, meaning that all of these things need to have a certain amount of metal connection and size so they can pump in through a certain amount of energy through them. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 science. <laughs> but in reality, man, at this point, technology has got to get its shit together because we've got, we got to just narrow this down to one cord, one hole. One cord, one hole. I, have you seen what De, uh, DeWalt is doing? No. Like sure. the power brand. Right. Yeah. So you know how you got your USB port and it's like a squid games uh, as to whether it's, it's correct. You put it in or it's got to flip over yep. what Walt has done. Cha- game changer. No matter what way you plug it in, it's got a formidable, like it doesn't matter. It will, it will connect or go the way that whatever you're plugging it in. So the, the center icon or flap if you're plugging it in wrong, it will go to the other side. And no matter what, you'll always be able to connect it and it won't not connect. That's great. Why did it take a hundred years? It's so they can, it's so they can sell you the phone and then, Oh, by the way, we'll give you the phone free, but now accessories are $80 per accessory. It's all about the accessory game. Crime. Damn crime, dude. Hey, can uh, can we talk about the episode that was just released by Alex part two Iron Man training camp. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I think obviously, you know, number one superstar right here in front of us, but no uh, big deal. We got a thousand views. Number one, I think uh, leading co-actor or, or uh, you know, co I, th- I think it goes to Kyle with Kyle his drunken Scotsman rendition. Uh, ring ding, nigga, little daddy, oh, and under that day. How the hell did you know that? Learn that whole song, man. That was I the most know. impressive thing. All those, it's all those like Scottish Irish jigs that you hear in the late night at the Temple Bar, dude. Have you ever been to Scotland? You did go yeah. with your dad, yeah. We we went on a uh, business rewards trip, went to Scotland, the Temple Bar area. Which, by the way, if somebody says, Hey, we'll meet you at Temple Bar, it's not a bar, well, it actually is region. the name of the city. So you're like, oh, I'm going to go to Temple Bar, meaning like I'm going to Crestline. I've been to Edinburgh four times, and the last time I was there was for work, and I just didn't really have the energy to – like I I was on a tour with Puma. We were going around the country doing all these hardcore workouts. It was college week. Like all the colleges were coming in. (laughs) I have never seen more drunk people in my life. These people (laughs) hit it so hard. Yeah. I was like, I was pumped. I was like, these people are my, you know, you know, this is my blood, but they were disgusting. They just, they just go all at it for all hours a day and night. There's no quit. No, I like what you did with the background, by the way, this is pretty cute. Not going to lie. Almost threw my back out, moving that bookshelf, probably should have removed the books, but I was like, no, I can do this without. And I normally have those sliders that make it real easy. I I decided to make it level 10 difficulty. I I just kind of like, 
uh, on the ends, like swigged it back and swished it back to where it finally landed. And I was like, you know what? My back hurts enough. I think it'll be good there. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just a typical man thing to do. There's the logic and then there's the application. Sometimes <laughs> you throw logic out and you just put in that burly application. You're like, if I just put my body into it, I could just move this thing. Yeah, I was I was holding it like, you know, you, uh, ballroom dancing and I was hugging it around the back and trying to finagle it around. Worked out. I think it looks cool. You know what's interesting? I used to be very, very good with hammer, nails, saws, drills, everything. Because mm-hmm. I spent the majority of my youth building forts and trees, like ghetto builds. Like I'm talking mm-hmm. about like no blueprints, no levelers, any of these kind of things. Just eyeing I, it. Eyeing it. And I was really good. I was, I could build anything and I could build it quickly. We were building skate ramps, whatever. So I had lost all of that. I lost like, the majority of the skills that I wish I had today. I had when I was younger, like mm-hmm. I was a great musician. I was great with tools. I was great with so many things that really make you like um, a well-rounded Renaissance well, man. Yeah. And then I found women and I gave up on all of that. I gave up on all of that. And now um, I, I went through that. I don't know the eye of the storm, whatever the hell you want to call it. I went through that period of time in my life where women was like the most interesting thing in the entire world to me. And now I'm back and I own this cabin and I love it. I'm constantly building things and I'm constantly like, dude, I built this song in the backyard. Biggest nightmare in my life. Um, Don't want to get into detail on that, but I had to rebuild this thing and it wasn't so complicated uh, to build. So don't clap your hands yet. Yeah. But I'm telling you, man, it feels so good to get back out there and start building again and putting stuff together. I, I couldn't be any happier. In the woods, banging the chest, Tim Allen. Oh, 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 oh. Dude, chopping wood all day long. It is such a good life out here. I'm telling you right now, this is it. Like I'm I'm done with Malibu for a while. I'm out here. I think I'm actually for for like in the cabin, you should just take on the persona of Paul Bunyan. Dude, have you seen what I'm wearing today? Yeah, that's a Paul Bunyan-esque outfit. Yeah. Yeah. This thing is fucking sweet. There's so many pockets. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't know what to do with it. You, you lose shit. You're like, where did I put my ruler? Oh, yeah, it's in this pocket that's within a pocket. Dude, I have my own tool shed again. That is incredible. I got a 30... No, I have a 24-inch bar chainsaw. I've got an 18-inch bar chainsaw. Um, got dozens of axes. All the hammers you could ever you can want. You never have too many axes. Do you have one? No, I think I need one. No, <laughs> although I'm in like I'm in I'm in like not the country, but I'm in like rural Indiana. I mean, do we how really do, need axes? I guess for show on the wall, I think it'd be cool. How do you handle the cold every season? Oh, it sucks. I love visiting it. You know, Colorado's nice. You go skiing for like a weekend or a week and then you come back to it and it's like, oh, no, I have to live in it. And then it gets nice. It's like light, fluffy snow, but then it gets to like the slush and then I just get over it in like a week. I'm like, okay, when is when is the next season? And then it just stays around. So the cool part about this part of California is it it gets cold and the snow comes, but then it goes away. And then in the peaks, it stays. So like at any point in time, I can drive 45 minutes from here and I can be climbing, you know, getting 3000 feet of elevation purely in snow. And you're in the snow, but you come back to it. Does it just melt daily? Uh, for the most part. I wow. mean, the average temperature here in the wintertime is like 30 to 50 and hmm. 60 sometimes. And that's not bad. Like if you look outside right now, like we have a fire going in the other room, but yeah, basically, you know, it's beautiful outside it doesn't it doesn't make you feel like there's i lived in new york city and there's in connecticut there are times for months on end where it is gray yeah well that's indiana i mean it's just the 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 gray out period from about end of december through end of february where it's just gray outside every day i think you got to become a california man (laughs) i've been hitting at it for a while i know you have Hey, um, also, I visited you out there. That was quite the experience. And I just want to say that uh, your cabin, even though you've shot like uh, other videos within there, I was surprisingly impressed with how big the cabin is. Like you walk in and there's like, oh, there's this little room. Oh, there's this other side room. It's nice. Dude. And you know, the best part about it is it's affordable up here. Yeah, it really is. 
if you took this same home that I have right now and you put it into Malibu, we're looking at two seven five, two point seven five million dollars to about to four million dollars. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, because I got like an acre of land. I yeah. have two driveways. You walk I have... out back and it, it's just it keeps on going. You got slack yeah. lines, you got punching bags. That's what a man needs to be honest. Throwing. Yeah. I bought this thing for two hundred and eighty thousand dollars. It's crazy. That's quite a steal. It is. Well, dude, it was a COVID buy. It was before this area started to bump up. And it, it, it spiked up. I think this thing doubled its value. Like, I almost hit $500,000 in its value. And oh, now it's starting to come back down, which I don't really care. Like, I didn't get this thing so that I could Slip. get rid of it. Yeah. But it's a, it's it's the best-kept deal in, in California, I think. And I try not to talk about it too much. Like, my friend Kyle, I think Kyle is actually going to get a place out here in March or April. Okay. Yep. Dude, we're all moving out here. I'm trying to... You guys so, can be neighbors. Yeah. Dude, so... Bring each Joe other. Joe DeSena, the so, guy who was the founder of Spartan Race. Yeah. He was... He was... Uh, I think it was called Burlington... Um, Burlington Capital. Okay. Was his investment company. He was living in New York City. Had an investment firm. Got rid of the thing. Quit Wall Street. Came to... Moved himself to Vermont. Pittsfield, Vermont. Mm-hmm. He bought... I think for like, uh, like just over a hundred thousand dollars, bought this like big ass ranch cabin, and then he bought the cabin next to it. Then he bought the general store. Then he bought the next cabin. Then the next cabin. So he started to buy up this whole town. This, this is a guy in your town right now? No, no, no. This is Joe DeSena, the founder of Spartan Race. Oh, I get you. So he bought this whole town, and now every single year, there's people from around the world that come to do the death race, all these kind of things, and it's kind of like the center hub of all of his businesses and. It's incredible. They filmed a television show there and like they filmed multiple television shows there. What am I saying? I really want to do the same thing with this town because it's, yeah. it's just too cool. I, like, I've literally absolutely fallen in love with the thing. Have you found a real estate agent that you really like out there and you're like, keep sending me deals? No, you know, I have my own real estate agent that I've like tried to work with through, through some deals and I feel like I have to go local. Yeah. Um, I don't know though. There's a part of me that thinks, and I'm not wealthy. I'm not, I don't want anybody who's listening to the show to think that I'm a wealthy person, but mm-hmm. when you're a person that moves into a small town and you tell them where you're from, like you're from Malibu or like, you know, you want to start buying up the property. I don't like want people the, to perceive. The yeah, exactly. on. They're like, yeah. okay, here we go. This $300,000 home is now going to be listed for 500,000 because I got Here's a sucker. So I tell everybody I'm from Ventura, California. Like okay. I lie to tell people this because like, I just don't want people to understand. So I try to keep myself off the radar as much as possible around this town until I'm just ready to strike. <laughs> like, I don't want people to know that I'm in their backyard until all of a sudden I'm sitting at the table with them. Like, Hey, where'd this guy come from? I'm like, I actually just bought your home. <laughs> <laughs> so is, is Ventura, California, like the uh, middle class, upper middle class type of blue collar, hard worker type of town where you wouldn't know that, You'd I'm be... sure if there's somebody listening to this from Ventura that they're probably going to be upset. But yeah, I mean, look at that. You're looking at this strip of coast. And if you just go from LAX mm-hmm. to Santa Barbara, okay. which is like a big strip of coast, you're going through these extremely multi, multi-million dollar home um, neighborhoods. You know, you're going through Venice Beach, Santa Monica, Topanga, Pal- Palisades, Topanga, Malibu. And then all of a sudden you hit what's called Oxnard. Okay. In Ventura. And then there, there's this gap where the military bases and all the agricultural fields are and stuff like that. And basically the, the value in homes drop significantly mm. and it's totally attainable for people to live over there. Like if you tell people from your, you're from Malibu, they're just like, wait, what, <laughs> you know, and it, something perks up in their ears and it's totally different. If you tell somebody you're from Santa Barbara, same exact thing, Montecito, like these areas, Beverly Hills, like I can just say these names and people will immediately know. You they're say like, you're from Ventura, oh, they're like, all right, yeah. boy, you probably polish surfboards and smoke <laughs> joints all day. I'm like, yes, I do. And I'm living the life. <laughs> Woo! I'm moving here to the mountains. You know, sometimes I think uh, that there's one guy I listen to and it's like, okay, what is successful? What is happiness? And, you know, you talk to little kids and they're like, I want to be a millionaire. And unless I have a million dollars, I'd be happy. 
But he's like, you know, define your own success, define your own happiness. Whereas like if you're making $80,000 a year and you have weekends off and you get to hang out with your friends, like that equality of happiness is sometimes almost better than the, the millionaire CEO that is working 16 hour days and constantly on business calls and never has time for anyone. Like, what do you do with the, the, the money if you're constantly like in work meetings and can't ever use it? So is the $80,000 a year guy financially, you know, more successful? Well, I, you know, value in the high, the beholder. It's the, it's what I call the, um, the income lifestyle axis, Mm -hmm. you know, you at making 50, you know, let's just say, you make zero money. Yeah. But you have zero responsibilities. Mm-hmm. You're kind of in this state where it's like absolute freedom. You don't have freedom to go buy stuff, but you don't have anything encumbering you from doing anything that you want. Mm-hmm. You know, those homeless people, not homeless people, whatever you want to say. Someone can just sit on the curb and drink beer all day long and wait for the good wave to come. Yeah. You know, maybe they got 20 bucks in their back pocket. I used to live in that state of mind and it was freaking amazing. No one's, nothing's pulling you forward. Nothing's pulling you backwards. You're just in this state of freedom and absolutely owning your space. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, let's just say that you are, you got paid $50,000 a year. You just got a great job. Like, you know, it's not like the craziest amount of money, but you have a job and now you're on the map. Yeah. But because of that, you need to commute to get to your job, which is 20, 30 minutes away. So Dang. you have to get a car. You got to get a car. You have to have clothes to show up to this job. You have to have, you know, a computer because you're doing desk work now. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, like, okay, I have all these bills that I have to take care of and I have to set all these things up. And let's say you have a little bit of wiggle room on top where you're like, I'm saving money. I can go out on the weekends and do what the heck I want. You're kind of in this space. Now, all of a sudden, let's say all your boss comes to you and is like, hey, I want you to be the manager of this sector. It's a hundred thousand dollars, but Here's the deal. Mm-hmm. I, I'm leaving this sector and you manage this entire chapter. Like the health of this entire thing is based on your level of commitment and success over here. Okay. Now all of a sudden, sure. But because of your new role and I'm listening to this book called Millionaire Next Door. It's interesting. It's like, it really does dive in deep into this thing. You show up, you have your own little office. Now, all of a sudden, your stature in the place changed a little bit. You go from a Toyota. Now, you're driving a Lexus. Now, all of a sudden, you're not wearing a dress shirt. You're wearing a suit. Like, there's all of these things. You're kind of growing up into your space. Mm-hmm. And your boss kind of expects you to do it. Like, hey, listen, like, you're taking this role. I really want you to take this thing a little bit more seriously. You're wearing a suit from now on. I want you to really, like, you know, show up looking clean because now you're talking to other people that are investing in our business that are coming into the office and stuff. Mm-hmm. Your expenses come up, your responsibility comes up. And I know this is a very long winded answer, yeah. but you have to find out where you sit on this ladder, where you're going to find happiness. Because there are people that I know that are the richest people on the planet. I literally have them in my phone book and I'm not saying like that braggadociously, it's just living in Malibu. That's the, the, the circles that, that we hang out in. You hang out with instead of the, the, um, uh, uh mcdonald's worker your average mcdonald worker is a five hundred thousand dollar salary per year and on up and i can honestly say that i do not see happiness out of these people you do not no wow no it is amazing there's one of my friends who's a um an old pro baseball player superstar Mm -hmm. that guy's happy I think because he got it all done. And when I sit at the table and I'll sit next to all these other guys, you can see stress on these guys' bodies. You can hear it in their voices. You can see their brain not at the table. They're somewhere else. I often do the same thing. This dude's present. When his wife shows up, he's smiling. When the kids are around, he's giggling. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, that is awesome. Yeah. So I'm not saying that reaching this pinnacle is always going to be bad, but there's, there's definitely a really tough spot. I struggle with myself personally because I'm trying to grow our companies and um, I'm always sitting there thinking like, what could I do next? Yeah. I I would imagine that when you're sitting there at the dinner table, you are present, you're, you're answering questions, but then you're like, uh, cause I do this on a smaller level, but it's like, Oh yeah, I got to get that done. Oh shoot. I didn't email this guy, you know? And, but you're constantly thinking, okay, if I do email that guy, you know, how is this going to affect the business? This is going to grow the business. So I need to step back 
do a couple phone calls, do a couple emails, because that's going to propel us forward. Dude, I just realized, by the way, um, we get all these funny comments. Dude, you right here. Remember, I, I don't know that you know how old I am. I Friday nights was my jam. TGIF, let's keep it right here. Tool time, family matters, step by step. Tim the Tool Time Taylor, dude. Yeah, Tim the Tool Man Taylor. Heidi. Have you, have you ever seen you know, that, Heidi like, with Pamela Anderson? Do you know that he got um that he got arrested with like a kilo of cocaine, cocaine before yeah. his acting career? Oh, okay, so that that was way before. I thought that was within his come up on being a comedian, and then you know, kind of fall out with with the coke. Uh, it was all before. Maybe, maybe. Okay, but that's awesome. But now he's the voiceover for Pure Michigan. He's like, come enjoy Michigan, Pure Michigan. So he's got those Michigan commercials. He's tool time. He's got his. Uh, he's got a new TV show now. I love how he was the um, voice of Buzz Lightyear. Yes. And then they kind of booted him to bring in a different kind of era of Buzz Lightyear. And was this Disney's new movie that they just put out? Because I thought he, he, he voiced it all the three major movies. No, it's a new one. And I think he kind of like kind of was like in, in it was meant to be kind of towards woke culture. And he really was like, this is not Buzz Lightyear. No. All this stuff. Brian, so if you're trying uh, to get a knuckle sandwich, dude, you better pipe up, pipe down. What am I saying? Yeah. Dude, New York. I'm from New York. I love New York, but we already know that New York is never going to beat California. There's never one person on this We got Kyle calling in. You want to answer with yeah, Kyle? Yeah, let's answer. Is this Kyle Coconinis? Yeah. Coconos. All right, here we are. Kyle. I think he's up, in. Boys? Kyle, Kyle. What's Sweet up, you Kyle. hot bag of trash? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. This is the only way I can get it older. I he ignored me this weekend. He was worried to hear how much training I did. I, I think he was uh, a little bit intimidated by your singing voice. I looked up that song, and I kind of want to memorize it. That's that's a good uh, Scottish shanty. Dude, that was that was impressive. Yeah. I, did you see my jig, dude? That jig, that wasn't intentional. That was just 100% going through my body and my soul, and I couldn't help but dance the song that way. Ring, ding, 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 Kyle. Yeah, it's a, it's a crowd favorite. Yeah. After doing that bike ride this weekend, I can honestly say that this Ironman is going to be fucking super hard. <laughs> I I know that, that that bike ride that we just did has got to be one of the most challenging bike rides in all of America. And it destroyed me. 100K. And then you got to get up and do a marathon after it. Yesterday, I ran, I ran 18 after some good biking. And whew, I was pretty... I was pretty beat up. I'm still beat up. I'm sitting at my desk and I'm a little hurt. Kyle, do you think that but. after racing, you know, Hunter has this really carbon fiber, super nice bike. And you're, you're training on basically uh to mater, the, the guy from cars, like that type of bike. Um, that's putting yeah. you in a mindset of training actually harder than what Hunter is. So then, you know, when it comes time race day, you're going to be kicking butt. A hundred percent. I mean, here's the deal. <clears throat> Hunter's ridden Alejandro for 10 to 15 miles. Yeah. I took Alejandro on almost 70 miles riding. And that's that's something I have under my belt that Hunter can't say he's done. <laughs> I've done over 100-mile rides on Alejandro. I've owned that thing for almost a decade, you turd. Unconfirmed. I, I, need, I need Strava to prove it. Kind of Strava ride, and I'll believe it. So, I, you know. I doubt you kept the pace that I kept. Alejandro was speaking to me on that ride, saying, <laughs> "Wow, I've never had this sort of engine. Dude, I've never been ridden like this." So, Dude. <laughs> yeah, answer your answer your question, Ryan. Yeah, we have camera evidence that you I'm got well, picked up well, several well, times during the ride. I, I, he picked me. What, what Alex didn't tell you is he picked me up, took me backwards, so I wouldn't run into you guys. So you mm. can get more miles. Wanna, That's an alpha move. Yeah, I didn't want to. Yeah, I didn't want to hurt your feelings out there. I knew you were really excited about your new bike. And I didn't want to ruin that for you. I have to say, you should go listen uh, to the Rich Diaz show that we just did. Um, I, I think the dude's <laughs> lost his gourd. Um, so, like, half the episode doesn't make any sense. But there's a good chunk of it where he's just talking about all this data about bike fitting and everything like that. And you should go back there and get yourself set up because I don't want you to be in a position where – 
I've got all this awesome data ready to whoop your ass. And then all of a sudden at the finish line, you're like, I didn't have those resources. So you can't make any excuses. Yeah. Rich said, if, you, if thought- you properly get, get fitted, you know, instantly you could shave off two to three minutes of, of per mile, right. Per While on the bike miles per hour. Yeah. You said, you get yeah, I mean like that, the bike, just to put it in perspective, the bike I was riding, I ride a 54 centimeter bike. The Alejandro is a 60. That's a kid's bike, big. by the way. And like, even when I was pedaling, I can see my my feet are like not stacked under me. It's like running and overstriding, and your feet never kicking back. Uh. It's like they're in a sixth position in front of you the whole time, and there's no power. Whereas if you can get them stacked under you and get your weight forward and into the aero bars, you're you're just going to be a lot. It's like running forward versus running, you know, with a with a backwards lean, and you're not aero. Kyle, is it true that your your tri bike has training wheels on it? Right now, just temporarily. No, but you ride through the streets with training wheels. Those two little side pegs off there to keep you balanced. Right, exactly. Yeah, when you're riding at speeds upwards of thirty-five to forty miles an hour. Sometimes training wheels are necessary. They haven't experienced that yet, but. You know, it's a good it's a good training mechanism to make sure I'm not injured before race day. Did you watch the World Championship? Let's talk about that because that's in my notes right now. Things I really want to get Gustavo on. Gustavo Aiden from Norway, dude. What's with these fucking Norwegians? I mean, th- there's there's a reason why he, Hunter, he, you're, he you're studying. So, did you see how how he was running after he passed Sam Laidlow? No. So did you see that? Did you see that exchange? So he passes Sam Laylow. I gave him like a high five. Exactly what time it was. Yeah, he gave him a high five. And it was really cool. So Sam came out of the water. I mean, he was leading the whole race. And you're leading, you know, you imagine you're leading for seven hours of a race. And then, you know, Gustav was just, I mean, he just looked so comfortable running. And <clears throat> I went out for a run that next day or that day, just like thinking about kind of running like him, just how composed he looked at 20 miles into it. He just looked really comfortable, but it was really cool to see that exchange. And it was like, yeah, Laylo can't keep that pace. And in fact, I think they both broke the record. I think even Christian Blumenfeld broke the record for Kona. So they all did. Um, <clears throat> were they all Nor- Were they all Norwegians? Blumenfeld. No, no, no. Just no. Laylo's French. But the so pit- here's what I'm going to try to post. There, I don't women. know if. I don't know if these guys are getting better. I just think that the technology is so good right now. It's just, it's alarming that these things. Dude, you know that the girl, this girl, Emily Sisson, just broke the marathon record for the United States with a 218. I think the women's record overall is uh, 214 worldwide. But, dude, like everybody's just breaking Mm -hmm. records. I would say it's a combination of both. I mean, using these carbon fiber shoes, these, you know, great wetsuits. I mean, it, it, but really it boils down to the bike. That's just like way different than what anyone else used back in the day. I mean, I would argue that maybe there are better runners back in the day, but or back in the early years of Ironman and marathon and all this, I, I don't know, but I know the bikes where – this generation is making up so much time. It's it's amazing. Yeah, but they, the bike technology and, and all that. I mean, I, I, it's just they're just so much faster, man. That, that some, I mean, those guys are averaging twenty six miles an hour on the bike for all one hundred and twelve miles. That's just wild. And the, I think the girls were at twenty three. I think that's what Chelsea Sidero was at. Lucy Charles Barkley was like a little faster. I think. Really impressive, but shout out to Sidero who won the women's side. Yeah, first American winner since two thousand two. First mother. Yeah, first mother. That was really cool, and just seeing her family. Kyle, I got a I got a question for you. When are you going to start running in your tri suit? Um, good question. I. I mean, on Saturday, I, I did like a 5K in it, but. How I'm bad does it feel? It's like up in, it's up in my business. 
You guys get a lot of chafing on those. I, I can only imagine just the chafing if you're not used to it. Like we'll running put some Crisco and maple no, syrup I, down there. I always drop it. I always drop it when I'm running. So like I, I unzip it and I'll either just drop it off my shoulders, put it in my waist, or there's no one sticking. I don't really normally run in tight compression shorts that show you great breeze. I just But you still got the you still got the legs on, right? Short, so it feels it feels better. It's like it's life, it's like running naked. Yeah. But I I like it. I don't I don't mind it. It tugs on your shoulders a little bit, but if you, if it keeps doing that, just drop it. But I like it. I don't have a problem with it. I'm gonna hit the gym today and then I'm gonna do a ten miler. I'm gonna do five at just under seven, then I'm gonna do five at just over seven. And I'm gonna why, do it in my tri suit. Why under first and then over? No, no, no. Just, just sorry, sorry, sorry. Just under eight. Just under eight, and then just over seven. Um, so well, I'll, I'll do like I, a negative split. I'll do an out and back on the okay. same road that we ran. And I think if I do that and I keep my heart rate, you know, at the one forty-five mark, I'll be pretty, pretty fast. I'll be pretty strong. And then tomorrow I'm going to do probably like a 40, 50 mile ride on the bike. And then I'm going to swim like a total beast. Yeah. Today I'm not doing a damn triathlon thing. I might swim, but tomorrow I'll bike and run. I still have my bike back. So we'll get some days without my tri bike. Kyle, the next time are you going to fly your bike out with you too? Are you, or, do you live in Texas right now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm in Texas. You uh, should fly that bike Arizona, out. Arizona, I'll probably, I'll probably, I know, I'm probably not gonna have time to get back up there for the race, but uh, I'm, I'm either gonna drive it or fly it for the Ironman. We'll see. Breaking it down is an absolute pain if you don't have the eight hundred dollar case. So. I'm driving mine out. I'm driving mine out. I know how to take apart yeah, my bike also because I'm a grown ass man. Yeah, that's fifteen. I mean, okay. with the airlines, you, you probably have the oversized bag, but how, how are you supposed to break that down? Because obviously there's people coming from all over the world. You just fly it in a, in a hard case? Yeah, the, I mean, yeah, there's like a hard case. Like a, I mean, it's like almost 50 pounds total to, to carry this thing. But you got to, the case I have is like wheels, handlebars, aerobars, pedals. It's just everything that comes off. And so there's other ones now that you just have to take the wheels off and hmm. drop the handlebars. And it's it's good to go. It's just like a hard shell, so it's it's easy. But uh, you know, I just I'm I'm not at the point with triathlon stuff where I want to invest in all that. But yeah, don't invest in that nonsense. Yeah, was, uh, yeah. All right, exactly. so all right hockey. Just, you know, don't don't get fired at work for calling us. <laughs> you have a good rest of the day. All I'm right, you too, I don't know about you. I'm training hard over here. See, See you, brother. Bye, bye. Um, I was just, I was just looking at our notes. Um, couple things I want to update you guys on. Yeah, one, I got my hormone scores back. I I took this like over a month ago. Um, it's my fault for not really following up the company output. No, my hormone, my hormones. There's a company called California California Hormones, and we're friends with Savan. They work with him. I just wanted to get like some data. Like I do blood work each year to find out and I got the raw data and at least I found out my score. Now this is right when I was in like the peak of my being sick and I got my hormone score back for testosterone, mm-hmm. 562. Last time I got it, 666. So I'm a hundred points mm-hmm. down. I bet you now that I'm healthy, yeah. um, I'm probably back up in the sixes, low sevens. So I'm going to get tested again now that I'm healthy, but pretty good start to the year. 33 years old. That's not, not um, I know some dudes that are in like the low, low 100s. So how, how do you increase testosterone just throughout sleep, daily? Sleep lifting, mm. um, diet. I, I see these, I see these, uh, you know, ads that are coming from me, like in, add this by adding TRT. Of course, that's taking testosterone. <laughs> yeah, of course, you can increase your testosterone if you inject more testosterone in your system. Yeah, I'm not able to do that. I will hit the point and I will hit the point where I'm definitely going to take hormones. Like, I just don't see why I wouldn't. I think there's a humongous difference between medical science and like the current attitude 
um, the current attitude towards like hormone based science, everyone's like, it's a steroid. I'm like, no, it's not like you guys have to understand that if you guys can increase your testosterone, that you basically can keep your longevity and your youth about you forever. Like I want to be able to go out there and I want to be able to keep my muscle mass. And I also want to keep my sex drive. And like, I don't want to just become this person who's just like slowly degrading over time. You, mm-hmm. Testosterone is basically the fountain of youth. Um, I don't think it's as like, I, I don't know enough to tell you whether or not it's a good idea for women, mm-hmm. but I think that it's a possibility that they have other opportunities where they have, um, growth hormone, all these kind of things that they can give you. That's what the company is really known for is like, there's all of these testings and then they prescribe you things to basically enhance your lifestyle. Well, they would take estrogen. Uh, no, not necessarily. And that's why mm-hmm. I don't want to speak on behalf of it because I don't know. Um, but for men, for sure, I know that this is like an opportunity. Like my buddy who, um, uh, Andrew Hiller is now on a complete, He's on a complete gamut of all of these things, growth hormone, testosterone through the company. And he's kind of like, they're doing this whole start here and here kind of thing. What happens if you do take these kind of products and how much can it change your life? Um, yeah, dude, you, Brian, you cannot take TRT. It does not matter if you have, um, it doesn't matter if you have a doctor's note. Like when you're in Olympic grade sports or world class sports you're not allowed to take things that enhance your athletic performances i think the reason so why i take it just not be able to compete on a national level for you know the the prizes and everything for these world champions yeah chips but there's like always this like fine line that's like really dirty like alberto mm-hmm. salazar basically got like pushed out of olympic sports because the dude was like almost the entire nike team yeah. was on inhalers and they were all asthmatic like that's not true al, uh albuterol i i take an albuterol inhaler i have exercise induced asthma is it stuff like that or yeah what, but dude you're you're not inhaler? you're not the top runner in the world yeah. <laughs> like you dude we all knew that kids with asthma when we were growing up were the kids that could not do the run they yeah. were not the kids that were setting world records <laughs> and then needed a little something so they didn't get a cough in the middle of it <laughs> Yeah. He was always just doing things where he was giving them vitamin injections, like everything at just like levels that were always skating by the level of legality when it comes to, um, you know, world champion level sport. So, you know, back to the hormone type thing, like I think it's a great idea, but until I'm out of professional sport and until I start to see my natural numbers start to really dump down. And by the way, like doing drastic, like, really, really insane levels of endurance training like I'm doing right now is taking you away from the op- like the opposite direction of like hormone health. You're yeah. just basically suppressing yourself always and just riding the line of whether or not you're going to get sick or fall apart. And if you yeah. get better and you can just ride this line, you will be able to move through time and space faster. But if you look at somebody who's really trying to increase their testosterone and muscle mass, they're doing very brief um, periods of weightlifting, very intense, and they're eating very heavy amounts of food and they're moving less and they're sleeping more. And what that does is it just creates this like cocoon type experience for you to gain muscle mass and also be able to become like a total beast. Okay. Don't get into triathlon, especially Ironman. If you ever want to like change those numbers around, I'm going, I'm doing the absolute opposite. So when I get done with Ironman training, I'm immediately going to go straight back into intense weightlifting and spending a ton of time in the boat Adeline. to try to see if I can extre- like really pump my numbers back up, get my strength numbers back up and be a beast in the boat. I'll have so much like aerobic work done from this that I can focus more on just technique and explosive paddling for about three months. And then after that, then once I get the technique, the strength, everything back, I should be a contender. Um, you know, fingers crossed. There, there was a brief stint where I was going to sign up. It was, it happened. I signed up before COVID 2020 hit and I signed up for Ironman, uh, the, the one in Muncie, Indiana. And the training plan that I got was everything on the bike, 90% bike. I couldn't swim. So I was relying on the YMCA a lot. Um, but a large part of it was like, okay, where do I do my strength training? Because that was one thing that I really enjoyed. And the strength training that I was prescribed was like, do bicep curls and, you know, do shoulder presses. And I was like, you know, do I want to spend six months trying to train this with type of lifting that 
you know, I would do on a recovery day. Is that kind of the, the, uh, general prescribed type of lifting? Like you would back off of, you know, bench press and, and heavy lifting and more focus, just every energy ounce of energy on your bike. Well, Ideally, let's say somebody gave me a nine-month period of time to get ready for um, Ironman, like nine yeah. to 12 months. I would have them get them extremely strong in the first three months and get their legs strong, get their upper body strong, get their back strong, like all of these things. And then I would really pull them away from strength training and do the bare minimum like one to two times in the gym a week, probably one. That's and what it was. Yeah. Just, just maintenance. And that's yeah. the reality. Like you do have to put the time in on the bike and you have to focus on the ability to cover this distance. Like Ironman is not about speed. It's about the ability to cover the distance. And then if you're superbly fit, it's about being able to cover the distance at speed. Mm. But most people almost never even get to the point of being able to finish it. Like they don't have that capability. So you have to get the volume in. So, and also like another thing, people got to recognize like Watts, like wattage on the bike is going to drive you through time and space further. Like, and the only way to pick up Watts is to be stronger. And what happens really is, is these people want to get as strong as possible and they're not doing crazy, crazy amounts of weights, but they're definitely strength training. Um, they get their strength up and they keep their weight down. So more strength and more applied power to the pedals on a lighter body. Like let's mm -hmm. say both my body and 150 pound man. So a 200 pound man and 150 pound man can both apply 300 Watts in FTP, a functional training performance, um, threshold performance That's, test. Yeah. Obviously that 300 Watts is going to allow this person to travel further because they're, they're carrying less weight, mm -hmm. a lighter guy. So that's basically your idea. Um, I'm not training the, the way that you'd want to ideally train for an Ironman. I'm smashing it together in like a yeah. less than a three month period. And I'm still weightlifting. And once my boat gets here, I'm still going to be paddling. Um, ideally, I do want to break 10 hours, but I'm not going to sit here and cry if I don't. Yeah. By the way, have I, a looked, I looked up a bottle of uh, Rich Diaz's bet with you. Yeah, I'm going to fuck that dude up. Well, I know uh, the last time you did this training for a, just a marathon only, you know, typical training program, six to eight months, you did it in three days. So this is right on, right on par with, you know, training for an Ironman instead of a year, um, six weeks. Remember last time we talked, Nick Bear, uh, I brought up yes. Nick Bear saying he's the I, pioneer of I, hybrid I saw, training. I saw his video that he did and he goes, I am, it was like, it was on the podcast and it was like right at the, right at the start for the teaser, the bumper, it was like, I am the originator of functional athlete. And I was like, no, oh. hybrid athlete, hybrid athlete. Yeah. And so by the way, his Ironman time was 11 hours and 28 minutes. I could do that with a weight vest on. So okay. I'm going to, that's my next target. I'm going to beat Kyle, mm -hmm. but I'm especially going to beat Nick. Have you seen what Hyrox is doing? They've added a category along with like the four person, the two person, the singles. They've added a the ruck. ruck. Yeah. The, with the weight vest. Is that a 20 pound weight vest that they're doing? For men? I think it. I think it's cool, but I ain't gonna do it. That no. is crazy. That is crazy, crazy, crazy. Now, are you Andy putting? Thompson, are you gonna beat Nick Bear's time eleven hours this time, or just for next oh, time? Without a doubt. Without a doubt, this time. That is that is that is an unquestionable. Like that is, yeah. Dude, I, I could do an Ironman in 11 hours and 28 minutes right now. I could probably break 1030 right now. Okay. It's really not that, like, let's just be super conservative. Let's say I got out of the water in an hour and a half. Okay. Okay, let's say I finished the bike in five and a half. Now we're at seven hours. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, let's just say I finished the marathon in three and a half hours. That's your 10 and a half hour thing. Like, those things for me are all pretty gosh darn man manageable. Like, I don't have a doubt. I saw him run Leadville, Leadville 100. Dude, I, I, the a dude's a beast. Program. The dude yeah. does stuff. Um, the reason why I'm all torqued up is because the statement that he made. Otherwise, mm. I wouldn't be out here picking on him. Yeah. Like, if you're going to make yourself, if he's saying he is that person, then you are going to put yourself, make yourself subject to scrutiny. Mm -hmm. That's what happens. It's like when they say like, oh, Kobe Bryant or Jordan, um, you know, Michael Jordan is the goat of basketball. When yeah. you, you, you accept that position right there, you, you give yourself the opportunity to put, be put under the microscope and get scrutinized. So I'm They're here to analyze the shit out of your data. And 100%. Your and I'm analyzing and I'm saying it's wrong. 
Um, so yeah, we're currently hey. in heavy training, and I want to give people the update. I just did what was called the Grizzly yeah, the 100. Grizzly. Let's I have my belt that. buckle. I should go get it to show it to you guys. Let's it do it. Awesome. I can riff. What's that? You run, riff. Run, I'm going to go get it. Let me see if I can go find it. Give me like 30 seconds. Oh, shit. No, I, we just, can still hear you, actually, without those headphones in. Someone took my car. Um, in your car? Yeah, it's in my car. I heard the car fire up and um, leave, so those pieces of shit. Uh, yeah, but the Grizzly 100 is one of these kind of things where it is just like, I have to say it's got to be top three, top five most brutal bike races in North America. Per elevation gain, it may be the most intense. It's a hundred. You did this before. You did this before, and I think I have pictures where you and Ryan Fisher were on a podium. Is that the oh, same race? No, 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 no. That no? It's, it's put on by the same company. Okay, but I did one third the distance. Ah, yeah, I think I did like 20, 20 miles. Um, this race is a hundred K and it's supposed to be 60 miles because of some kind of fire burnout. It was 54 miles this time, mm -hmm. but it's 8,300 feet of gain. So I have Leadville, which is like, really everyone talks about Leadville being such a hard bike race. Mm -hmm. Um, it does end up being pretty gosh darn brutal with the elevation being up, uh, at 9,000 up to 12,000 feet. And yeah. if I go to Strava for myself, um, let's go in here. So Leadville is, by the way, 104 miles, 11,900 feet of gain, and the highest point of elevation is 12,500. Um, okay. If you go to my race, come on, baby, you can do it. I did 56 miles okay, and 8,300 feet of climbing, so about two-thirds of the elevation but in half the distance. Yeah. And let's see here. My highest height is 8,000 feet. Um, so definitely 4,000 feet of elevation lower. But man, I'm just saying it is a brutal, brutal ride. I, I can't even begin to tell you like. This is your Grizzly 100, yeah? Yeah, it is so, so burly, dude. Did you get you one of these? Cubby bears? No, I didn't get one of those things. Those are for the champions. They beat me by an hour easily. Mm. Um, hey, so I thought I, I I saw you have an update. You're like I I flipped over my handlebars, had one and a half bike tire blowouts. What was going on there? It's just it's such brutal terrain, dude. Like it's not it's not fire road. There is one one or two fire road sections, but it's not fire road. It's not easy riding. It's really 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 hardcore technical riding. Where like, dude, it's it, there's cliffs on one side. There's rocks that you're smashing into and roots the whole way. Um, what's what's so, the downward? Uh, what what's the downward type of material that that you're you're, or, or what's what's the angle that you're you're biking down the mountain on? So I think it's called something oaks, seven oaks or something like that. That's got to be like a fifteen to twenty percent grade pitch, if not greater. And so are you just riding the bikes the whole or yeah brace? i've got my ass back over the seat over the tire and i'm leaning back like this and everyone's like hitting it i watched a guy fall off a 30 foot cliff and i had to drag him out and you did that this time yep wow. uh look at we you just going out, fellow man yeah jared jared evans i think just called me a nick bear goggins wannabe oh jared evans i'll punch you square oh, in the face um so you come down and that's a really, really tough section. That's where I hit the tree. I hit this uh, section where there was this tight corner. There's a huge cliff on the right. As I'm coming around it, there's a rock, there's the path, and there's a tree. I cannot make the path because like, mm -hmm. it's such a tight corner. I just know if I make the path, the likelihood of me going over the cliff at this speed is too high. So I just rammed into the tree. So this thing spun me back pretty good. So I smashed into the shoulder and then I keep on riding. Um, I fell off the bike, but I went. And then next thing you know, I'm going down, going through the section. We're now another about 15 miles ahead. The dude falls off. Then I get going and I'm starting to crank up this big 3000 foot climb. That's where I got my first flat. I just knew it because there was rocks everywhere. I pinched it, flatted it, lost a big chunk of time there. 10 minutes, changed the tire, pumped it back up, everything. Um, next thing you know, I don't know how, but... Um, I got a flat a second time. Mm. 
And now I'm on the phone with my team and I'm like, guys, <laughs> like I just pumped up my tire again and I'm out of tires and I'm out of CO2. And I need you guys to get to the next aid station with tires. Like I need you, I need to have tubes. So I'm cranking up this thing. And now I'm just riding all these people have passed me now that I spent all this time chasing down and beating on the, on the hill. Now I'm just screaming at these people. I'm like tires, tubes, CO2. Eventually this one lady gives me a CO2. Mm-hmm. I actually still have it. I'm sorry. I never gave it back to her. I couldn't find her. Oh. Um, but for some reason, I do not know how my tire flatted a second time. I pumped it full of CO2 and then it never flatted again. Mm. Um, but then all of a sudden I get to the top and I'm going and I, I was trying to make up time. So I really worked up a good sweat. Yeah. Now I'm riding through the woods. We get over the top of the mountain and I'm pretty drenched in sweat. My glasses are pretty covered in sweat also. Mm-hmm. And I'm coming through this section and I'm like, man, these glasses are pretty dirty. I should probably take them off so I could see more clearly. And as the words in my head come out, I hit this route, boom, straight over. Uh. I close my eyes. I black out like, and I crash hard and i smash this whole side of my body i'm all cut up in here i get up i'm okay i had to like twerk my handlebars back because the wheels this way the handlebars are that way um and from that point on because i think i hit the ground so hard i must have just put shock through my body yeah my body cramped up for the next two and a half hours without like just like always cramping and I'm trying to ride. My lats are cramping like this. I'm trying to ride. My hands are cramping like this. If I move my leg on the left too much, my quad, uh, my quad, and my hamstrings start to cramp. I think this is just like all part of the process of just doing crazy ass endurance events. But I can tell you right now, I have a, a race tag still in my room in Malibu mm-hmm. that is from the Ultra Velo, the hardest mountain bike race in the world. And I DNF'd at the 70K mark. And it was all of the same feelings that I had again. And I was just begging myself. I was like, please, 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 please. Like, let me just get through this race. Let me just finish it. Like we've been talking about this race for five years now. I've somehow failed that last one. And if I can't get through this hundred K mark, because the the one that's an ultra bellow is like another 60 K and another probably 10,000 feet of climbing. Um, I, I would be crushed, but I made it and I beat my time by a significant mark and my, my goal time. And, um, I'm fucking proud, dude. That's good. That's good. Yeah. But it beat the piss out of me. Yeah. With the throwing over your shoulder. And then, I mean, just mentally you're like, nope, no matter what your, your lats are hurting, your shoulders probably bloody. You're like, I don't care. I'm finishing. Yeah. Well, I call this bike the lemon. And okay. I nicknamed it Lemonade during this one because I bought this bike off my friend. It's one of the best riding bike, like, like you know, cross-country racing bikes you can get. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, it just always gets flats. Like, the, the rims get dented. Like, it just – it's a light, really, really good racing bike, but it just always has problems. Mm. And, Christ, it, it gave me problems again this time, but it made it through, it and I'm name, pretty proud. Up to the name this this round. Lemonade. You ever think about you know trading it for another one that's equal probably equal in performance but just doesn't have this history of of lemoning out well i have senor ham um sergeant senor. ham senor hams uh i have him and i wanted to race him my buddy cast came with me the guy who sold me the bike he's like dude trust me you're gonna want to have that rear suspension senor ham's a hardtail which just means it's just all hard ass frame and when you're doing this many miles, dude, your butthole just, but mm. you don't want that soft meat back there. Um, all right. So we accomplished it. We beat, we beat the race. I have my belt buckle. I am proud. Um, let's give, I know this is an update show. We are still heavy into Ironman training. We kind of went through that whole thing. We had some really inspiring results from Ironman world championships this weekend. Um, we'll definitely bring some more interviews with some other Ironman athletes coming up so that we can give you guys, we can really dig in deep about the Ironman experience. Um, let's talk about Battle Bunker. We have selected all of the athletes. We are going to release the athletes this week, and we're going to let many, everybody know. Some how many details. total athletes are there? Men uh, and- I, I'm not going to speak on behalf of that because there is just a couple things that have changed over the weekend and I didn't review the data. Like I know we talked on Friday and it was like, Hey, we agreed on this, but trust me. Um, I want everyone to know, I will give you guys, I'll give you as the utmost honesty. This thing is changing daily 
all for the positive, but it's changing daily. You know, it's just a very complicated experience and it's really Austin and I who are running the entire thing. So um, know that we're working really, really hard on behalf of the company and for your guys' sake to have the best event possible. So we're going to release it this week, all the athletes and their names. Um, one thing I'm really excited about, the next episode we're going to do on here, we're going to have a guest and we're going to have Matt Mossman. And I made a post about this yesterday and, oof, excuse me, I got the shakes. Um, we are going to talk about the difference between BCAs and e, uh, EAAs, essential yes. amino acids versus branched chain amino acids. I mean, this article on Keon, what's, what was that all about? Give me 30 seconds. Now I got to do the P. Oh, man. I'm going to go get my uh, – get chalk. Carry the show. Carry the show. Here we go. Go, go, Man, I don't know. At this Let point, he, he he is exiting his room, ladies and gentlemen. As he enters that room, on his left is a wood burner stove. Not stove, like what heats the house. It's very nice. So also on this property, um, you got two little cabins. It's a nice, nice little area uh, for eventually, I think what we're going to have is in-person training camp. So he'll get into it later, but so there's Ironman training camp. We got, there's, there's a couple camps going on, but Ironman training camp is what he's got going on. What we're, what we're doing for house is, is this winter camp. Um, so it's a, it's a transformation winter camp. We want to make sure that you get in your best shape possible between November and December. So having a plan in place is better than having no plan at all. So even if you're, you know, we, we want you to sign up, get registered, so you have a plan for the holidays, so Gosh. you can fight that fat. Uh, we'll get into it later. Overalls, dude. Yeah, I, I would imagine you got to unclip one and and shuffle it down. So now you can have appreciation for women in rompers. Yeah, I know Instagram. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to log in. What do you need? Where do you want to go? Well, if you go to Barbell Spin, um, they brought an article up talking about how branched chain amino acids potentially are like data came in that potentially they're actually they're not they're a waste and they're actually inhibiting your performance. Um, okay. And you know, I went and looked at it because obviously, like, I'm very invested in this. I have a company yeah. called Builder Sports, and our main drink. Uh, our only drink at this point is hydro. It's a BCAA based product. And I've been taking BCAAs for a decade and I've worked with the best coaches in the entire world and the best sports nutritionists in the entire world. And we've all agreed that BCAAs are a product that are incredibly valuable. Now these guys just came out with this article. And so I read it and they're saying essential amino acids are really the only thing that you can right there. Here we go. Essential amino acids are the only thing that can really, truly give you the recovery and complete, you know, proteins and blah, 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 that is going to actually help you, you know, improve, you know, blah, blah, blah. Negative effects on your overall health. Okay. So then we got to think about who wrote the article and who are they backed by? Yeah. Scroll the fuck down. Now, this is what made me livid. Come on. Keep on going. Okay. Come on. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Oh, interesting. Is that an advertisement for an essential amino acids company? You think they might have a underlining uh, underlining issue and want to get this information out to shit on BCAAs because they're backed by Keon? Yeah. So Hmm. what I want a lot of you guys to know is understand that a ton of these – Studies and articles are uh, 20%. Studies and articles are backed by companies that have incentivized studies. And everybody fucking should be aware of this stuff that not all studies are 100% geared towards getting the truth, more so the truth that would benefit the people they're paying for the studies. Now, they're going to have listen, the data come out to prove that, you know, that it's easy to skew that. Correct. Yeah. So, Listen, I'm basically I'm basically sitting here and I was like, I actually know the founder of this company, Ben Greenfield, but that's it. Like just because he's my friend doesn't mean that I'm going to let him, these guys get away with putting out this kind of data. And I don't think this is specifically Ben putting out this data, but this is a crock of bullshit, like world-class bullshit. So rather than me sitting here, rather than me sitting here and just going out on social media and bashing them, which I did, I left a pretty heavy comment underneath this. I said, this is hack job media attached with an affiliate link. 
I went out and I contacted a top level guy, uh, Matt Mossman, who is the founder of Enduralite, has a hundred peer, hundred plus peer reviewed studies on in sports nutrition and sports performance. And the dude's got all of these degrees on this. And we are going to go through, we are going to break down what essential amino acids are, what branch chain amino acids are, what the benefits of A is, what the benefits of B is, why an athlete would want to take this or that, why some, you know, a normal person would take this or that, whatever it may be. Um, My goal is basically not to be biased. I'm going to ask questions and I'm going to let him because I do not have a degree in this. So even though I don't think you need to have a degree to understand these things fully, I'm going to allow somebody who's really got more knowledge and more professional understanding of this to really go through this. And I'm asking everybody, if you're listening to the shows, guys, comment in the, make comments in our YouTube section, and please just leave any questions that you have. So this, what what we're going to have is like the counter argument or the opposing point of view as to, why they are essential, why this article is extremely biased. I'm not going to try to lead the conversation, though. Okay. I'm going to allow – I'm just going to ask questions. You're just going to set up the volley. Yep. He's I'm going to set it up. Yeah. And we're going to try to have a good conversation here because I think essential amino acids is basically a marketing ploy. And essential amino acids have been around, around as long as amino acids have – branched-chain amino acids have been around. But guess what? These supplement companies, they have a 1,000 customers. How do you get them to buy a second t- – um, product off you, you create new ones and you create these enhanced ideas of their values. So yeah. So basically at this point, I'm not going to rant and rave. This is not the show to do it. Um, we're going to probably do it Wednesday or Thursday. He just texted me this morning and I'm going to get to the nitty gritty of this. But at this point, my main goal is to really clear up the idea of what both of these products do and what, how they can benefit you and which one's more valuable to the listener who is an athlete or more valuable to the listener who is just here for overall health. And, you know, is this article bullshit? And is this the the interview that we're going to do with him? Is this going to be like you have to have some previous knowledge or a person that is generally interested about their health and can come at this like without having any type of like technical background on on understanding the ideas? You don't need to have a technical understanding of any of this stuff. I just think that if you're interested in health and fitness at all, and you're somebody who pays for supplements, it's important for you guys to ask questions because I think the supplement industry, the reason why I specifically started Builder, our motto is building better athletes. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to, everybody could be an athlete. So I'm just letting you guys know right now, you don't have to be an athlete to take our products, to be totally honest. But I recognize that the supplement industry was basically creating products that were either not not good enough to really even make a difference in your life too expensive or just overall a scam. Okay. Snake oil. Like the majority of hydration products out there on the market, if you are going to go out there and actually exercise, they're giving you one half to one third of the serving that you really need to replace the amount of hydration, electrolytes, whatever it may be nutrients in your system that you're losing as you're exercising. That's why I created hydro. It's a great product. I'm not here to sell you guys it right now, but that was my reasoning behind it. You don't have to like it at all. It's delicious, but you, you can drink something else. But in reality, guys, I'm just an interested person. I am a business owner. I will be completely honest. I have my own interests in promoting my product, but at the same time, I'm going to try to be without bias in this conversation. And I prefer that you guys ask the questions so I don't have to lead the, th- uh, the conversation. If you have interest, let it be known in the comments. Yeah, and I think you would rather have it come to light like, okay, here's what it actually is. You make your own decision. I'm going to take it because I have, you know, personal vested interests. I have builder, but I want you to know what the science behind it, why I choose to drink this. And if you choose not to after understanding or hearing the facts, that's fine. But at least you're coming from a standpoint of like, oh, here's here's some actual knowledge behind it. Then you can make your own wise decision. Yep. Don't like it. I'll lock it a lot. I'll lock it. All right, guys, uh, we're going to sign off, but thing I want to finish with is we are going to have this show. We just discussed it. Uh, if you guys have any interest in catching up on what else we've got going on, we've got going, uh, we've got our YouTube channel that we've been busting our ass on. Alex was supposed to be filming us this morning, but he went out and got drunk with some hillbilly chick last night uh-oh, and never showed uh-oh. back up. Yep. The link went. Uh, we 
have Battle Bunker coming up, guys. If you are in the area of SoCal, we'd love you to come visit. If you want to fly in, we've got people coming all the way from over to, from Europe and Australia to come compete in this thing. So you guys should take the time to come check it out. Have a great time. We will be there kicking ass. Last but not least, if you've lasted this long, I'm glad that you're listening. What I really want to share with you guys is we have training camp coming up. If you are in in the market to change your lifestyle, change your performance, change the way you look, change the way you eat, change the way you feel mentally and physically, I've created a virtual training camp. We already tried one, tried one. We already succeeded with one called the Lean and Mean Summer Challenge. And we changed the marketing and the messaging and everything around it because we wanted to serve you guys in a different way. We don't want to be one of these like hot body trim green smoothie companies. We are somebody who we, we believe differently. We have different roots. We come from a professional athlete background. We recognize the mindset, the action, and the capabilities that come from taking this kind of action in your life. And that's why we're doing the virtual training camp where all of you guys can come into this community, bust your ass, have a great time, break down bad habits, rebuild new habits. And we're doing it all throughout the holidays. Studies all show, guys, that the most weight gain and also anxiety that comes around your physical capabilities and the way that you look and feel actually happen through November, December, and January. Those are the lowest and worst months for people in the calendar year. We are going to fight through that period of time, and we are going to work our asses off together, and we're going to have an absolute blast. With that, guys, you you can get a whole year of training in the package, all for a very affordable price where we really need to like hammer home and, and just kind of show you like uh, normally a, a year, year trainings is two ninety nine. We have it for one ninety nine right now, yeah. along with all the, you know, the PDF 20 page document where Hunter breaks down, you know, mindset motivation and the four zoom calls and a you thousand know, dollar giveaway for biggest transformation. Yeah. But along with that one ninety nine, So we can go, you can go to your website right now, buy the, the training for one ninety nine, or you could sign up for this right now get a year's worth for 199 or a year membership plus all those benefits. And for any current member that is of house training right now, send me an email. There's multiple ways to reach out to me. If you buy that 199, I'll convert you. I do it. I, I, I hand do it for each one. It's not a big deal. We'll get you set up on the, on the yearly um, sign up. Like it's $80 more from the 119. You only get two months, $80 more and you get a whole year's worth and current members can do it too. email me. There you go, dude. He Ooh. said it all. It's yeah. also just a, by the way, it's a blast. We've yeah. got an awesome company. I can't even begin to tell you how much fun it is working with these people day to day. Really supportive group. And uh, we'd love to have you guys be a part of it. So that's what really supports everything that we're doing, whether it be the content, the training, giving back to you guys, running this show. That's our primary business and what keeps us afloat. So I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is the most success we've had also in comments and viewers. This is the best one we've had yet, guys. So Thank you for tuning in. I uh, absolutely love having you guys as fans. And also, always feel free to call, man. We we put the number out there so that you guys can catch up, chat. We want to connect with you guys, answer your questions, support your dreams. So Maybe thank you guys so much. On I'm a future training. one. We, 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 we put up the number and just do a call in with Hunter. Yeah. We'll do that. All right. Here we go. Signing off. Thank you very much. This is the Morningwood Radio Podcast. We'll see you soon.